What's up, guys? It's Hot Take with, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> without the Hot Take here. Welcome back to another episode of Junior Senior Two Views. Now, the Eagles are leading the NFC East to everybody else's chagrin. What are the things that are keeping them ahead as the best team in the league right now? Okay, well, clearly, um, it didn't look that way against the Texans. I think there was, I, I, I mean, I didn't think that there was at any point the Eagles were going to trail or lose a game. I just think everything's clicking. Mm-hmm. Everything. Whatever phase you're talking about with the Eagles, it's working. So if you're yeah. talking special teams, you're talking defense, you're talking offense, everything's going well. There are no major injuries to speak of. I think it it, it comes to the point where you start thinking, when are they going to lose, if any, if any possibility they lose at all? I think this team is legit. Uh, the main thing that strikes me is their offensive line. It's gotten... Um, their main thing coming out of their last era was to replace their aging vets on the line, and they've done that really well. Shout out to Jordan Mailata. Um And another thing is the acquisition of AJ Brown at, on draft day, which was a huge surprise to everybody. I saw it live when it happened. I'm like, wow. And they traded a first-round pick and gave him the money. They gave him a five-year, $100 million contract, and he looks like a top-three receiver in the NFL right now. Yeah. And their, their defense is just as good. Darius Slay, they acquired a few, like two years back. He's been one of the better corners in the league. Their D-line looks amazing. Uh, their new rookie, Jordan Davis, he's showing that potential that he showed right out of Georgia after winning the Natty. I mean, this team doesn't really have a weakness anywhere. I, I and think it's, I think their running game yeah. with Nick Sirianni yeah. looks to be instilling fear into every offense, every defense they face. I would say the biggest move was simply by a coaching standpoint. I mean, obviously, uh, Peterson, you know, wore out his welcome when he decided to not have enough faith in Jalen Hurts. The Eagles organization, obviously, with Howie Roseman, haven't had enough faith to do that. So they felt as though it was important um, to go forward. Yeah, I, I would certainly say that there was enough faith in Jalen Hurts to move on mm-hmm. and to move forward with him rather than and, and obviously Peterson didn't think so and that was his job. Well Peterson's um analytical approach he just he honed way too into it. That's what yeah. uh, that plus the Jalen Hurts situation got him fired. Yeah. So and they couldn't have kept him around. They had to bring in a new new coach and that happened to be Nick Sirianni and he's done really well with this team. And they've really surprised me this year. I'm really, really surprised. Yep. All right, moving on. Yep. Next question. Does acquiring Christian McCaffrey make the 49ers dangerous? Um, I think it does. Adds a new weapon to their offense, uh, as shown against the Rams. Um, I just feel like they're missing a couple of things on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, their their D-line is, is still looking okay, but it hasn't really been up to... Uh, like its potential. And Nick Bosa, he's been, he's been okay this year. Fred Warner's been okay this year. But it's really, to me, it's their, it's their secondary. It's outside. Sherman's been aging, and the rest of their secondary hasn't really been making up the difference. Their, their games have been, um, when they're coming up against a team that can pass really well, they've sort of been exposed well, I mean, the question isn't that. The question is, I, th- I believe that Christian McCaffrey has already made the 49ers dangerous. In terms of their offense and how Kyle Shanahan's yeah, system works, yeah, yes. Absolutely, because he can run with the ball. 
he can catch it, and we know now know he can also throw it. So that yep. is an, another wrinkle in you know Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme. So I think the move to get him is going to make a difference. Can he stay healthy? That is the question for Christian. Well, that's Mar- always been that's the, always been that's his always knock. Been the question when he's around. healthy, he, when he's on the field, he makes a difference. When he's injured, he doesn't. That's so. always been the question around Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Can he stay healthy? Because yeah. he's always been a BMW. He's very good, but he often needs repairs. Okay. Next. All right. Biggest takeaways from Week Nine. Okay, so Rob the Boy Monroe sent me a message on Facebook, demanding, absolutely telling me to make it very clear that he believes the Jets are one of the best teams in football. And I will agree with him right now. Right now they are because they've beaten teams they didn't think, anybody didn't think they beat. Yeah, look, I'll give my Mia Copa to the Jets. However, the thing that's going to hold them back is Zach Wilson. No kidding. He he hasn't been good. He can't do anything. He's not, he's ineffectual, he's ineffective. So the thing about Zach Wilson, he's not accurate. He makes mistakes. Uh, so I think that's the one thing that's going to hold them back going forward. But everything else is really good. I love Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I absolutely love Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I will I will give give the Jets their due, and I'll give Rob the Boy Monroy his due to say that uh, they get a little bit of uh, assistance from me on that. They're doing well so far. Uh, the other takeaway is... Obviously, Frank Wright got fired, so the Colts. That, yeah, that was huge. And then the hired Jeff Saturday is just a PR move because he yeah. has no head coaching experience, and then they're trying to reach back into the time machine of the Colts. Why not have Marvin Harrison come on the field? Why not have Andrew Luck come out of retirement? So at it's this point, the they biggest. need anything. So the, the Colts Col- stink. The Colts are garbage. They stink, and so that's it for them. Yep. Uh, Another team who I think their season uh, is hanging by the thinnest of threads is the Broncos. Like, uh, and I know I keep ragging on him, but the one thing that's holding the Broncos back is Nathaniel Hackett's play calling. Mm. He's been absolutely awful this mm-hmm. season. And the other thing I'll take away is, despite the fact that Minnesota was trailing by as much as 10-plus points, they fought back and beat the Commanders, which show you how useless the Commanders are. <laughs> but also, it's it's the fact that Kirk Cousins got to say, you like that? In the in the in the in the uh, yeah. locker room is famous. You like that, and then was on the plane, you know, with with chains on his neck. So, Look, do I think there's still a chance for this to change for the Vikings? Of course, I think history tells us that there's a good chance. The, for this The Vikings change. look good. They they look real good, and I I did believe in them this year with the new coaching staff. However, the old stereotype of the Vikings still exists. Yeah. They can't. They blow big situations. Yes. Can they get over that? Come. Uh, Come January, we'll have to wait and see. And lastly, for me, uh, Vegas blew a huge lead against the Jaguars up by 17 late in the game. The oh, yeah. Third quarter, oh, fourth yeah. quarter debacle. And could, well, that, Vegas, could that be Josh McDaniels? Could mm-hmm. he be the next one getting fired? Yep. Because, uh, like, what do you – what to all the Josh McDaniels apologists, what do you see in this guy that makes him a good head coach? And what do you see in this season that is keeping the Raiders afloat? At his behest. Like, what do I see with this team? There's no synergy with this team. Like, okay, yes, I get the flashy names, whatever, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. There's nothing else here. It's a Fabergé egg. Okay. Yeah. Next question. You got this. Would you have Deshaun Watson playing in Week 11 or sit him out for the rest of the season? I'd sit him. Mm. I just don't see any point. I know that you've... Look, 
ultimately, they're not going to do that. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is a horrible backup. I think he's a backup by trade, has always been a backup by trade. Um, but I don't see what Deshaun Watson can bring right now to the team that has underachieved. I don't, I just don't, I think the timing's going to be off. I think you have to build a rapport with your receivers and, and, and personnel. What's well, the, I just think, but he's guaranteed money. So it's almost like, well, why the, have him there? Well, it's their only, it's the Browns' only game plan this season. Week 11, bring back Deshaun Watson. Bring Deshaun Watson into the fold. That's their only game plan for this season. Um, do I think it's a good move? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I didn't even like the trade. The uh, the trade to begin with, considering all the all the stuff that's surrounding him and giving him a fully guaranteed contract um, to begin with, and now he had to sit out half the season. Um, I, that's the game plan for the Browns this season, and I just even with him coming back, I don't know what their vision is really. Mm. Their offensive line sort of slipped over the past season and change. Uh, their their running game's still good. I like Nick Chubb. Uh, Kareem Hunt's been slipping. Uh, their defense is not what it used to be to, from the 2020 season. Hmm. And I just don't see much synergy going on with this team. I don't think there is questions to be... I think there is something to be said about Kevin Stefanski's play calling, but there isn't much he can really do at this point hmm. in time no, no. With, with the team that he has. No. Um, I mean, he's going to... Deshaun Watson will be the starter. They've been waiting long enough for him to get off suspension. So I just think it just it's just a situation where he hasn't played in over two years. Of course. So I yeah. don't know what to yeah, I mean. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's practicing. The practicing and the real game events are different from each other. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Okay, next question. I'll say this. Oh, this is your – you love this one. Dan Schneider, it, it is reported that he will oh, – he's putting his glasses on. It is reported that Dan Schneider is will sell the commanders – uh, the question is, is it a big deal, little deal, no deal? Of course it's a big deal. What are you talking about? This guy has been stinking up the Washington franchise for over two decades. He is finally getting his comeuppance. And me and every other NFL fan couldn't be more happier that this guy is gone. He's not gone yet. Well, he's going to. He, he, I, he's going to be forced to sell the team. There's no way. With all the investigate, Congress is investigating this dude. There's, there's, and the commander's franchise itself. He, and when you, and the NFL was looking to investigate them because he had two books that was reported at the draft. You, he pulled a fast one, not only on the league, but on the government. He, he got so greedy, he screwed up a literal money printer. Like, this, if that doesn't show you everything, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of how incompetent. The Washington franchise has been at his behest for over two decades. If championships were bought, they'd ha they'd be a dynasty, but they're not, especially in football. So he's his game plan has been throw money at big free agents and over the hill veterans, which haven't worked out. And any draft picks you do develop, uh, d you do get, don't develop them whatsoever. And cause PR, PR nightmares for everybody, such as the okay. Costa Rica thing with the cheerleaders and the racism uh -huh. stuff and sexual harassment stuff. No, this dude needs to go. Okay. So, I agree. I think it's a big deal. I, I don't... It'll be interesting to see who purchases the team because he's left a, he's left a dumpster fire at their, at their wake. I mean, there's no way to extinguish the, 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 the garbage that is the, the franchise. I mean, it's had, you know... 
two names in the last several the fact years. That, the fact that the Washington football franchise once were the most popular team in Washington. Of course. And in the time period where they were, they were the most incompetent, the Capitals won a cup. Of course. And the Nationals won a World Series. Of yeah. No one cares about the Washington franchise in the D.C. metro area anymore. Yeah. That's how bad it's gotten. A team that was once one of the most proudest organizations in the entire NFL has yeah. fallen to this. Well, I mean, like I said, whoever inherits the team as inheriting a field that no one wants to play in. Uh, and it's, it's. I think that that's outside of those things, there's just a, a laundry list of issues that the next person or consortium uh, decides to take uh, purchasing the team. All right, next question. Yes. Moving, switching gears, basketball. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. As as the Nets part ways with Steve Nash, is that the least of their problems? So that question was formed before the suspension of Kyrie Irving and, 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 the, and the subsequent And I have some words about there. that. And we I know you do, so let me that. say something first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I think right now, obviously, Jock Vaughn is, is caretaker coach. He's a good there, coach, but there I is, guess. But there is talk about Ime Udoko, which I think is ridiculous. No, why would you bring him uh, in? But, but it's the Nets. I think the Nets are this soap opera. And you have Kyrie Irving, who's been suspended, and I think he was bored. I think it was like, wait a minute, hang on. Yes, this is my option year. I could get a long-term Supermax contract. Nah, I just want to stir the pot. So that that's what he's there for. So I, I mean, I think it's it's the least of their problems. They don't have a great team. It's a distraction. Ben Simmons has been a disappointment, amongst other things, for that for this team so far. Look, so at the start of the season, I had a feeling that this team was going to be a soap opera because of all the Durant thing, the Durant stuff, and players wanted that was to move. Nothing. That was yeah, nothing. Nothing compared to what we've seen. Now the whole Kyrie thing. I have some words about that. There are people in the comment sections of like Instagram stuff on Bleacher Report saying, free Kyrie, he did nothing wrong. Like, they're not even trolling. They're dead serious. He posted an anti-Semitic, a link to an anti-Semitic film, which among other things had, and I quote, quote unquote, these are the three falsehoods that the Jews have provided the world. One of them being that six million were killed during World War II. That is anti-Semitic conspiracy, Holocaust denial. You cannot spread stuff like that even if you disagree with it. You cannot do it. That is, that's a line you just do not cross whatsoever. And the fact that people are defending this is I just don't even know how you can do it. It's indefensible. How you can, and look, Kyrie's laundry list of requirements that he has along with the five game suspension to me is the least of what he deserves. The fact that he's managed, he, he thought that was a viable thing to do in the middle of a season it is beyond me. But Kyrie's been known to do outlandish stuff before. No but this su- isn't even outlandish. This is downright disgusting. It's no surprise. Um, I suppose the there is no silver lining here. The only silver lining, the only thing, the way the Nets can move forward is winning games. Winning games makes people forget about everything else that's going on. But right now they're can, not. But right now they aren't winning. I don't games. even think they can do that with the team that they've accumulated. Of course, but that's the only way you can move to get away from the they distraction. Have, they have no here. depth. De- they have no depth. They they have no depth. They have no depth whatsoever. Yeah. They it's just Durant's just there staring like, 
what is going on? Okay. And the fact that I was laughing at the Knicks for not getting them in the both of them in 2019 free agency, y'all well, must feel pretty, well, pretty I didn't, cool I didn't, right I, now. I wasn't, it was it was tantalizing, but I mean, again, you you can't see the tea leaves for where they are. It is coming to fruition now. I think the Nets as a franchise I have think to they, make some uh, honestly, big decisions in the season. Just blow the whole thing up because you're going to get a good haul for Durant. You'll probably get a mediocre haul for you'll get Kyrie. A hot dog stand for yeah. Ben Simmons, and you'll get That's it. A, you'll get two pennies no. and and an yeah. extra ball at the roulette yeah. table for two ben cases Simmons. of soda and a bag of popcorn. Yeah. Okay. Next question. I have this one. Is it almost time for the city of Oakland to say goodbye to days? Um, considering Rob Manfred has said has gone on record as saying that he is uh, he's um, skeptical that the the Howard Terminal in Oakland will go through. I think it might be there's a legit possibility that the A's will be moving. I I hope they do stay because their fans have been through enough with the with the team blowing up the core like they did this past year. However, ownerships this ownership led led by uh, Jeff Fisher want to make money, um, and they and they want to sacrifice the team's uh, long term health just for profit. So they're gonna move. They'll most likely move the team to Vegas, and they've met with city officials there. They they're saying all the right things now. They're saying that it's past hurdles. They're saying they have funding for the stadium, but a lot of teams say that to to avoid mass backlash, and they've been doing that by sandbagging the fans by increasing concessions, uh, decreasing memberships, yeah. hiking up parking, and getting rid of this core. Okay, so. I would think it's time to say goodbye, just from the standpoint of uh, the stadium that they are in. Is, it's a dump. It's a dumping grounds. It's old. It's not inviting. It's cavernous. There are no fans there. Clearly, the attendance was at near the bottom. The, the of The fact season. that it, it, the the real shining moment or lowest moment of the season. The fact that the stadium was so empty that a couple took it upon themselves okay. to yeah. do things yeah. in the top yeah, yeah, echelon sure. of the stadium. Okay. All right. So I would say that I mean really I mean it's it's just evolution you know I mean oh you know look the Raiders didn't want to stay there the Raiders want for years were bopping between LA and Oakland begging for a stadium city said no I think the same thing for the A's the A's have been always projected to go somewhere years ago San Jose had a pitch that failed and so now I mean Vegas kind of already has a built-in stadium you know technically speaking if it were to happen the A's could initially play at Allegiant Stadium before going into their own stadium. And so Vegas is trying to, you know, stamp their wings on not just with the Golden Knights, but to have a football team now and a baseball team, potentially a basketball team that LeBron wants to run. So there's a lot of moving parts. I would say it's a, I would think the city of Oakland should bid adieu to the A's because I no think it's cares. I think it's more likely that they move to Vegas than they stay in Oakland. That's okay. my thing. All right, next question. What did Houston do to win the World Series? What didn't they do? Yeah. I mean, the question is not so much what did they do, what didn't they do? You know, the pitch. I mean, let's forget about the Lance McCullers outing because that Lance McCullers outing was he got shelled. Yeah. And he knew it. Yeah. And there was nothing he was doing that was particularly either a tip-off or whatever. You know, there was he was. About the, he, he, I think he was unintentionally tipping his pitches with either his way, movement. Either way. Either way. They got to him good because Bryce saw what was coming. But they got to him good then. But then after that, what happened? They got they got shut out with a, with a combined no hitter. Yeah, they got the first in the first ever no hitter in the World Series right. history. They got knocked down 
And the next game after that was like three to two, and then they lost the game game six in Houston. And with with the pitching strategy, which failed the Phillies, right? Yeah, they brought in the reliever, a left hander against. Your Don Alvarez, who does hit well against lefties. Duh. Why, why? When will teams stop? Couldn't, uh, when couldn't, will teams... couldn't Scott Service call Rob Thompson and say, "Don't do it"? Because I tried yeah. with Rob. Why? Why? When do teams like realize that you don't pitch against the guy that crushes lefties and that's been crushing lefties all year long? And without the without the constraints of the stadium, it would probably would have gone to the next state. Oh yeah. So, I mean, look. In all in all, the Phillies surprised a lot of people. They won 87 games that got there. And they, it was momentum. It was momentum. And yeah. they were one of those teams. I always knew that the the, the Astros were going to win. I'm happy for Dusty Baker. Finally. Finally. After all one. these years of being, you know, bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, the, yeah. the Steve Bartman situation when he was managing the Cubs. The, the whole um, Bonds 2002 thing. Right. So all that. And then he comes in to steer a ship. And you will say, I know you say it. You've said it before. They told me that you, you know, you only recognize Houston winning this one. They didn't. The yeah. one they won a few years yeah. ago is not, just should not be counted. And so they cleaned house. They fired AJ Hinch, and then ultimately they hired Dusty Baker, and he's been a calming influence. And, well, and well, because he's he's a he's always been a players manager, yeah. and he managed these players very very well. Yeah. And he's ta- he's, he doesn't really need to. I think he's learned from his overmanaging days. Yeah. Because he's always been a notorious overmanager. Mm-hmm. He's dialed it back. He says, okay, I don't need to do anything. Just mm-hmm. let the talent speak for itself. And when you have a guy like Jeremy Pena replacing Carlos Correa. Speaking Correa, of talent, Carl- you know, that, that team just has Jeremy talent Pena everywhere. was absolutely stunning in not only the whole playoff run, but this World Series showing up time and time again to make a. In- Outstanding fueling place and outstanding offensive place. He deserved the World Series MVP. And so, you know, I think I don't. I personally see the the World Series that they won against the Dodgers as a win. I know you don't agree with that, but at the end of the day, they're so stacked. They had an advantage at Minute Maid Park. They are so stacked with talent. It is unbelievable. I mean, you know what happens? Correa goes, and they go, okay, next man up, and what happens? Mm -hmm. So, cheers to them. All right. Next question. Strong, um, fast start for the Bucks. Can it last? Well, not really. They lost the other day. Well, they lost against the Hawks just yesterday. So now they're ten and one, I believe, right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, it's a fast start for them. It's impressive, but it's not really surprising considering What's their the roster, Bucks? who they have on their roster. It's I think a- the the one person that's missing is Chris Middleton. They yeah. need him back. I mean, Grayson Allen's a, a decent backup. But he's not a, a full-time starter. Eventually, so they'll they get him back. Eventually, him. they'll get him they back. They need Chris Middleton. They in need him for, for the to, playoffs. In order for them to go where we think they should go, we know what Giannis will do, but they need Chris Middleton. But I think them bringing back Portis was so... Uh, the reason why I loved the re-signing... And Wesley because, Matthews. Yeah, and Wesley Matthews. And they brought in Joe Ingles. I think this team is perfectly constructed around their, their centerpiece Giannis. And he doesn't need to. he doesn't need to shoot. He just needs to... To step out like 15 feet, take and his mid ranges, and drive. All you need to do is get the ball up top and start spinning in the hole, and you can't stop yep. him. Or and he's added that mid range to his game, which makes it even more dangerous for floor spreading, spreading with their team. Yeah. Um. And it, there's nothing really else to say about the Bucks. They're, they've always been since 2019. They've always been a legitimate contender. Hmm. They've always been a legitimate championship favorite, and they're going to remain so once until Giannis leaves. Okay. Next question from me yep. to you. 
Our stronger start in the NHL this season, the Bruins or the Golden Knights? Both teams uh, are basically, they basically have to win. Uh, the Golden Knights are constructed to win a cup. They've given away all of their assets, all of their prospects, all of their picks for this moment. Um, and the Bruins are banking on their aging core of Bergeron. Krejci came back. Uh, Marshan's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, they're banking on their aging core, taking them deep again. Mm-hmm. And so far, both teams have started out pretty strong, but I think the Bruins have started out a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensive play has been good. I think Jim Montgomery bringing... Uh, I, I didn't really like them firing Bruce Cassidy because Cassidy was not even a problem with their team. He was mm. actually one of their the reasons why they held on in the playoffs, especially in the first round. I don't know why they fired him, but Jim Montgomery's been decent so far this season and he and he's avoiding his demons, which got which led him to step down at Dallas um because he's he was a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um and just the Bruins look a lot more complete to me. I like the, their blue line, obviously, anchored by Charlie McAvoy. I love it. Um, and it's just about squeezing the last years out of their their aging core. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about for the Bruins. As for the Golden Knights, uh, I, we know what Eichel's going to bring. Uh, we know what Stone's going to bring. Uh, and we know what they're, they're, the star talent that they have. We know what they're going to bring. Um, and they have to win. They have to win a cup. They're mm-hmm. slammed up against the cap. The LTIR long-term um, cap relief uh, for injured players, that has been their saving grace because any injured players they've just thrown on the LTIR mm-hmm. who haven't counted against the cap, that has been their saving grace to hopefully everyone gets back healthy for the playoffs. And if they can continue the strong start, maybe they can go deep. But okay. we've said that about the Golden Knights before. All right, so I mean, you a little more than I do, obviously, when it comes to hockey. But I would say that Probably the Golden Knights have the most surprising start, considering. I mean, I, I think because we, I think by some accounts, folks would think they they've been around for so long. It's only the third season, the, the third season of in, in existence. So I think they're trying to buck the trend to say, well, that wasn't a fluke. Yes, if the first season wasn't a fluke. Don't don't take this as a fluke. Uh, look at the Kraken. Well, okay, don't, a, don't pay attention yeah. to us. Pay attention to Kraken. They're the expansion franchise. It's their, it's their second season in yeah. play. They're the ones who are going to struggle because they're more expansion they're the than expansion we are. Team. They're more expansion than we are. Well, the thing about the Golden Knights expansion draft, it was a lot of um, teams that uh, and a lot of stupid GMs looking for le- relief on the terrible contracts they signed, giving up quality players. That allowed them to assemble a lot of assets and picks mm-hmm. and good players out of the into their organization, which led them to go straight to the jackpot on their first try. Mm-hmm. But I also think that was a curse as well because it's caused them to throw every single asset at this team because their original goal was uh, to just start introducing this team and then three to five years down the road, then this team, three years, they would become a playoff contender. Five years, they would be competing for Stanley Cups, developing their prospects. Okay. So we're coming to the end of our show. Mm-hmm. Just a one congratulations, Buck Showalter. Let me, okay. Sorry, let me, sorry. Let me say this. My, my crow dinner is ready for me. I'm mm-hmm. going to eat it. Yes. And I'm going to eat it yeah. with delight. Okay. I called the appointment of Buck Showalter to the Mets farcical. Okay. And I will eat those oh, words I think you like did. this you crow. Did say, yes. I, I thought it was a good um, thing you said. Just that. because of the fact that his 
uh, second half in Baltimore, uh, the second half of his years tenure ago. in Baltimore was rough. Years ago. And but that was years yeah. ago. But, but, he's a, he, but he's a finalist he's for done, NL. He's uh, done a fantastic job. He is a finalist for NL Manager of the Year. And yep. a happy birthday shout out to Psycho T. <laughs> so Tyler Hansborough, he's 37 years old. So for those who don't remember Tyler Hansborough, and you may not have been because he, he moved through the, the, through the college universe like a comet, he was... Star power forward at the University of North Carolina. He was a Tar Heel yep. back in 2009. Uh, hated. Absolutely hated. Absolutely hated. hated um, sort of like a, a poor man's Christian Leitner, but a better, I think a better college player than Christian Leitner ever was. Oh, wow. Uh, that's wow. what I think. And But uh, he was drafted. 15th overall to the Pacers. And that didn't and work out didn't so work well. Out it really didn't. He went from the Pacers. He went to the um, Raptors as well. Uh, he didn't. His game didn't translate so well to the pro no. league. I don't know why. Maybe because it was a bit undersized, not it a was, great shooter. It, it was heading into the early 2010s. The NBA was a changing landscape. Yep. The sh- shooting was becoming a bigger thing. Yep, and he, he wasn't a shooter. Shoot. No, he was a shooter at all. He was not a shooter, and, and because years earlier they had drafted Steph Curry. Yeah, and in the 2000, he was drafted when 2011 in the 2011 Curry? draft. Yeah, no, no, the, no, Curry was 2009. 2009. When was Hansborough drafted? Was think- a couple years later. Yeah. yeah. So by that time, they had already seen what was happening with Curry, and GMs were desperate to get Jeez. Jimmer for debt. Yeah. So that was Jimmer. the so that was the Jimmer. craze, that shooting mentality, yeah. and that would set the tone for what we see in today's NBA. Yep. And Tyler Hansborough wasn't a shooter. That wasn't part of his game. So yep. it didn't translate. And so that is the end of our show for today. Yep. If you come to from TikTok, welcome. welcome. We do this thing once a week. Uh we may be going on a little hiatus. Because your uh, senior will be taking a little trip for his birthday back to the homeland. I'm going back to L.A., uh, but not until the 19th. I'll be gone for 10 days. But we'll try to work something out whether or not that somebody is going to be sitting in my my stead. Or I will try to pre-record our yeah. show and then display on the... And on I'll the, edit. I'll splice it in. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But either way, take care. Right, Ciao. See, see ya.